Welcome to the Grinders Table, the podcast where we sit with C-suite executives and founders who are taking their industry by storm to figure out how you can build an exceptional career and business. Together, we'll try to uncover how they have both defined the odds and what you can learn from their experience. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another podcast, another episode of The Grinders Table. And as you know, we bring amazing, amazing people on the show. And today is no different. Um, we have an amazing person and we're hearing his story and hearing his journey. Um, in my usual fashion, I don't like to introduce people, so I'm going to allow him introduce himself. I'm uh, Snehar Shah. Uh, I'm currently the CEO at uh, Moringa School. Uh, my background uh, is and my roots are in Africa. Uh, I was uh, born in uh, Kenya in the Rift Valley. Uh, that's why I uh, had my early childhood um, and uh, I've spent uh, um, half my life um, uh, outside Africa um uh, in the uk uh where i uh, did did my uh, further studies um in engineering uh and then uh, went into finance um and spent a good uh, 15 years of my life uh, in uh, in in corporate uh, in um, uh, in the uk and europe i never even dreamt that uh, i would be back um uh, to africa but you know work uh, brought me here uh, basically, I was posted uh, back as an expatriate uh, in Kenya uh, to work for Orange, uh, which is a, a, a global telecoms company. Um, and uh, I've been here uh, back in Africa for the last uh, more than uh, 10 years. Um, and not looking back, um, I really got had the opportunity to you know give back uh, to the continent where uh, I, I was uh, uh, born and brought up. Um, and uh, uh, doing really, really exciting things, uh, making an impact uh, to individual lives uh, in in Africa. So, so that's really me. Great, great, amazing. Um, now let's talk about your childhood. And do you think? I mean, what were the things in your childhood that influenced who you are today? Um, who, who has influenced uh, who I am today? Um, I would say uh, very much my father. Um, you know, my father, um, unlike the opportunities that, that uh, we've had, um, never had those kind of opportunities. Um, uh, he had to drop out of school um, at the age of uh, 12 um, due to family reasons. Um, my grandfather had had a bad accident um, and uh, we, we were in, um, uh, in, in business uh, and somebody had to run the business. So my, my, my father, who was very bright, uh, had to drop out. Um, but, you know, without uh, any formal uh, education, um, he has been, uh, you know, very successful uh, and, and has been an uh, entrepreneur. Um, so as I said earlier, you know, earlier part of my career, uh, I was in corporate, uh, but later um, I've become an entrepreneur. Uh, so, you know, really uh, following um, uh, his uh, his way of uh, thinking, his, his way of looking at, um, at things uh, from an entrepreneurial point of view. So, yeah, I would say my father has been a big influence. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's good to hear. And... Um, you know, in in growing up, um, was that was there ever a pivotal moment in your life where you said you knew this is what you're gonna do, right? Because oftentimes everybody's just 
how would I put it? Everybody, you know, you 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 pick a, um, a course in university to study. You just go with where the world leads you. You get a job. If you don't get a job, you probably start a business. Was there any time in your life you you that aha moment that you, that told you this is what I want to spend my life doing? Yeah, look, um, I've always uh, been interested in, um, in in tech and science. So hence, you know, I, I pursued a degree in um, in electrical engineering. Um, but I also, you know, coming from a business family, I always had sort of, you know, finance uh, in my blood. Um, and I always knew that um, I wanted to go and uh, uh, have a degree in, in something that, you know, I had interest in, but then always uh, uh, end up pursuing a qualification in, um, in, in finance. So I went on to uh, uh, work for PwC to pursue a qualification in uh, chartered accountancy. Um, but, uh, but then I always knew that um, I wanted to combine um, the, my experience in, in technology with the qualification in finance to actually work in, in, in the tech field. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been quite structured in terms of planning out my, my career, uh, from the beginning. Um, and, uh, you know, when, when I, um, uh, Qualified as an accountant, uh, you know the telecoms and mobile telecoms was was just uh, uh, starting to expand. So you know that that's the area I, I went to 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 work in. Um, so so yeah, um, I, I would say I've been um, uh, very carefully uh, been planning out uh, my my career, and I guess that's kind of got me to where I am today. Hmm. And and let's talk about your current role at Moringa Schools. Um, from from what I from what we see, I mean, your goal is to transform the way people learn about tech or learn tech skills. Um, looking at the African context, um, where do you see Africa playing in terms of um, in the IT world or in terms of tech in the next few years? And why are you passionate about spearheading the the development of um, African I mean young people through through learning tech skills? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm now finishing one year at uh, at Moringa School in in the space of uh, you know tech education, um, and you know before uh, Moringa, just to give you background, you know I, I said uh, post uh, my corporate career I was into startups. So my, my previous startup was actually in um, in renewable energy, uh, where I'd grown a company um, uh, from scratch to having powered about 300,000 households across five countries in Africa uh, to provide, uh, you know, uh, solar powered uh, lighting and television. So really changing, if you like, millions of, of uh, individual lives. Um, and coming to Moringa, that's really the opportunity I saw uh, with uh, with tech education, um, because um, you know I, I believe we are at the right place at the right time. Um, if we look at the global context, um, there's a big um, shortage of of tech talent uh, across the world, um, and you know historically people have gone to places like Eastern Europe uh, to get that kind of talent, but you know that's now got saturated. Uh, people are going to um, uh, Asia, Southeast Asia, India. But there, the talent is getting quite expensive. The the loyalty is a big issue, um, and um, you know now uh, global tech companies are, are beginning to see uh, Africa as the next frontier um, uh, in terms of finding uh, uh, capable and and uh, affordable uh, tech talent, and and that's really the opportunity that uh, you know Moringa School is leveraging, um, and we're doing this uh, using what we call a bootcamp model. Um, and we're providing vocational training um, and then also going with the trends, right, where, um, you know, uh, to get a job, 
um, in, in certain uh, fields, um, you may not necessarily require um, a, a university degree. Uh, and also, you know, remote working is now becoming a reality. So, so you know, basically, we are leveraging uh, all these trends. Um, and um, in, also in terms of if you look at the economics, um, you know, going to university, you, you, you have to spend, um, you know, a good three, four years, uh, pay the tuition fees, accommodation, living expenses. By the time you add all that up, I mean, that's kind of, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Whereas if someone wants to pursue a career in, in tech, um, you know, coming to Moringa school, um, you're spending uh, five months of sort of intense uh, bootcamp training costing as little as $1,500. Uh, and then uh, we also provide um, the job placements. Um, so, um, and, and we've done some research with uh, the few thousand uh, grad graduates that uh, have gone through Moringa uh, and found some, some great evidence of uh, salary progression as well so um, you know the, the the return on investment or the, the payback period for you know that $1,500 fees um, is like less than uh, six months so you know also that economics is, is stacking up um, so um, you know we, we believe that we've got the right formula or the right, right recipe to really provide this quality um, alternative uh, vocational training uh, with the right kind of uh, employment and income generation opportunities, which are, are very much required um, in, in many countries in Africa where, you know, there are currently high um, employment rates. Um, obviously, we've got uh, many more youth uh, coming into the job market than than the, the number of jobs that are available. So really, um, with what we're doing, we're, we're, we're trying to uh, uh, really shake up the the whole uh, ecosystem um, and and pro provide the right uh, opportunities for success uh, for the Africans. Hmm. Uh, okay, let's let's go to less serious stuff. What was your first day like? I mean, coming into Moringa School, seeing that this is something that has very huge impact, but has to also be self-sustaining in terms of making money. What was your, what, what was that first day like? Then you resumed your role. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I remember it very clearly. Um, I would say it was a culture shock uh, because, you know, um, when I joined, we were just coming out of uh, COVID. Um, and, uh, you know, I was coming from an environment where, you know, um, it, it was a, a, a traditional office setup. You know, people used to come into the office, uh, et cetera. Whereas, you know, in Moringa, um, there was hardly anyone um, in, in the office. Um, and I think that I was really positively surprised uh, how, uh, again, you know, we, we were kind of uh, walking the talk uh, in terms of how a tech company like ours um, had really adopted the the remote working uh, uh, concept so well. So, so I think yeah, th that that was a shock. Um, and then also the other shock was um, how young our our team uh, is. Um, so you know, um, uh, working with the with the with the Gen Z and Gen Y, uh, you know, I think given the number of years of experience I've talked about, you know, I'm I'm slightly outside that uh, that that uh, age bracket. Um, so again, that that was quite you know um, refreshing to see how um, how we work with um, uh, with you know the 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 the, the, the youth of uh, of Africa. So yeah, I think those are a couple of things I can say about um, uh, about. Uh, uh, my first day at uh, Moringa. Hmm. Um, so I, I tell founders, uh, and I speak to a lot of them, I tell them that um, 
it's one thing to say, hey, I'm the CEO, I'm the founder. And I think to actually lead, that leadership is really, really hard. Now, comparing your leadership style at Moringa School and, and comparing it to when you were the Africa MD of Azuri Technology, would you say you still kept on with the same leadership style? What, what changed? Yeah, look away. I, I believe in in you know lifelong learning. I believe in uh, you know adapting to different uh, environments. Um, yeah, as I say, you know, Azuri was still a startup, um, and uh, you know we we had also quite a, um, a dynamic environment um, uh, to to work in. Uh, there, you know, it was quite different because we were working a lot with. Um, with, with sales teams so you know it was uh, quite aggressive in terms of you know going after numbers uh, etc whereas at moringa uh, you know we, of course we, we are driving uh, big growth but we're also very impact focused um, and, and also you know outcomes focused in terms of making sure that we we're providing uh, quality graduates uh, who can actually get uh, get get jobs um and and also we 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 we're actually um, shaping uh, the ecosystem as well because you know we 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 believe that we want to work um, in in a, uh, a wider area of the of the value chain and, and be very uh, you know innovative as well and um, you know there, there is as a very diverse talent um, some of the the teams that I'm working with are uh, you know technically very very savvy. Uh, but you know, quite quite young in terms of uh, number of experience. Um, so so you know, my, my leadership style has changed in terms of uh, being uh, more uh, of a coach, I would say, uh, rather than being very prescriptive. You know, giving people um, the 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 space and room to to work and uh, innovate in, um, and then you know, providing them with the right kind of coaching, right kind of um, uh, you know, strategy guidance, right kind of support. Uh, on one hand, uh, on the other hand, when I joined Moringa, you know, we'd just gone through COVID, so uh, the, the company was quite and then gone through you know a fair bit of crises. So we were quite inwardly focused. So my role was to really position ourselves, uh, you know, externally, and, and you know that's not what a one person can do. So really uh, trying to um, um, uh, repivot the team focus and then also you know bring the light, right kind of uh, caliber to to the company so that we can make our brand and our company more externally focused so so yeah that, that also took uh, you know a different style of uh, leadership as well uh, i can say huh. Thank, thanks for really sharing that. Um, I mean, with the rise of of ChatGPT, I'm sure you've heard, um, heard of that, OpenAI and the likes. What do you think would be the most, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, with the most in-demand tech skill in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question. Uh, and in fact, we've been uh, looking at this um, in more detail. And in fact, one, you know, at, at the outset, one could say that, you know, this could be a threat to what we're trying to do, because, for example, you know, we, we're trying to, to train and teach um, the, the the youth to, to um, you know, to, to think for themselves, to be creative, obviously be, be you know, good at coding. Uh, but, for example, you know, if, if you can get your 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 coding solutions uh, straight using you know chat gpt um then uh it, it kind of it's concerning that you know um would our the way we're teaching our curriculum uh and and making sure that uh, we, we are generating the right um uh, quality of 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 talent 
uh, and and you know, the, the way we we of course you know test that is is to to make sure that uh, our students you know go through the curriculum, uh, have the practice uh, on on labs and 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 projects, but then um, you know uh, their skills can be independently tested um, uh, by by giving them coding challenges. But you know if um, on the flip side um, uh, these students uh, uh, can take the easy route by by just just getting the solutions from from um, the the AI uh, tools that 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 we're seeing, um, then how can we you know uh, guarantee that uh, that quality? Um, so I, I would say yeah, it's, it's interesting times ahead. Um, uh, and I think we saw something that's a realization is that you know we absolutely need to uh, adapt the way we are we're, we're doing the the the, the teaching the, the testing to 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 make sure that uh, you know we're not compromising uh, on on the quality. Um, so in in the next five years, I think definitely you know many things that uh, uh, you know we that weren't being done manually before. You know those tasks would be say taken over by by AI and and machine learning etc. So we need to think about um, you know um, uh, how to how to adapt uh, to that. Uh, um, and so for example, you know um, a, a big trend uh, now is uh, uh, developing in our industries is basically you know no code as well because whereas uh, people had to write code to develop uh, apps before, um, if if that that um, um element can be now uh, automated then you know um uh, can we train uh the, the talent out there to be uh more innovative in terms of say the the, the product design uh becoming more good at say system integration um you know and and with with some of the challenges that we also see with um, uh, you know so, so the way this technology is moving you know cyber security is also becoming uh, a, a big part of uh, what we do so uh, you know we'll see more and more for example uh, ethical hacker talent required as well. So I think yeah, yeah we we absolutely are seeing um, a very fast change uh, in, in terms of you know um, uh, what kind of talent will be required um, uh, in the future. And but I'm glad to say you know uh, institution like Moringa School, we we are very much aware of these trends and and you know we we are basically um, uh, uh, wanting to be very fast and agile in in uh, uh, moving with the times and and you know adapting uh, the way we are teaching our curriculum to to these trends. Um, um, in terms of the talents that you train at Moringa School and your experience since, you know, leading Moringa School and also maybe looking back on your experience um, throughout the years, um, what other skills do you believe that developers or tech talents need to learn or, you know, imbibe? Because one of the things that we see in startups is, especially when it's a startup led by, um, say, a, a technical talent, you find out that they, they lack so many other things. Um, and what, so what are the what other skills do you think tech talent should also chase, apart from being very technical and learning that, that digital skill? Yeah, so for example, um, uh, you know, as part of our 20 week uh, boot camps, uh, at least three weeks we spend on teaching them soft skills because you remember this is fresh talent. So we teach them the skills right from uh, CV writing to interviewing to uh, communication, being uh, good leaders, uh, project management, entrepreneurship skills. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we, we want to produce talent. Uh, that is as as employable as possible, uh, and you know uh, this kind of soft skills curriculum we've developed based on talking to employers because um, you know when employers look at, um, at ta talent, you know they, they would 
quickly see from um, the CVs or, or, or the, the developers like GitHub portfolios in terms of, you know, what their technical capabilities are. Um, but, you know, they, they really want to make sure that uh, this talent can uh, work in teams, um, can 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 work across uh, you know some of the customers. So that's where the communication skills are very important. Um, so so I think yeah, all, all those soft skills that I that I, I described are um, in fact in in more of the spotlight when when these uh, employers are doing their their interviewing, um, and, and that that's something again you know we. We're very aware of um, of of this. We we do a lot of research. We we talk to uh, employers, and then you know we have a whole a loop um, where where we then uh, you know adapt our curriculum to meet those needs. Ah, well done, well done. Um, if you look at your career, would there be anything you'd like to change? Would you look back and say, oh, maybe I should have done this differently. Maybe I shouldn't have maybe taken this job. Maybe I could have learned more about this. When you look, when you, I mean, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. When you look back, is there something you would have liked to have done differently? So, so there's two things I would definitely have changed. One is to have moved back to Africa uh, much earlier, so you know, I I, I, I left it uh, a bit late, but you know, better late than never. And and secondly, is you know, ventured into the world of startups um, also sooner. Um, you know, fifteen years is a long time to to work in in in, in corporate. Um, so you know, then obviously I, I did that to make sure that I, I gained the right kind of um, uh, skills. Um, but yeah, I, I could have easily ventured um, in, into the world of startups uh, much sooner. Huh. Do you think, again, I'm using your personal story and to be honest, a bit, just a bit of mine. Do you think, and a bit of my beliefs too, do you think that, um, and this is, this question is actually targeting business leaders and founders generally. Do you think that um, founders should actually work in corporates or, or, or understudy somebody before go branching out to actually lead um, an organization or start their own company? Yeah, so I think hundred um, percent. I think um, you know, and, and especially now, so right. Um, I mean, we're all aware in terms of the funding landscape, right? Um, it, it's become much tighter. We we did have the you know the the last decade, uh, you know, with the cheap money, uh, easier money that was out there, uh, chasing a lot of uh, hype, um, and. Um, um, you know, with, with with that, you know, the founders were raising, um, you know, um, uh, lots of dollars um, to to fund their startups, um, and then you know, there's pro- probably a fair bit of, uh, of course, there was great innovation, but potentially some some wastage as well, right? Um, uh, and um, I, w- I would say, um, and you know, I'm, I'm at a risk of generalizing here, uh, but you know, um, if if you have uh, an in inexperienced um, uh, founder uh, who has you know some some great ideas um, and are putting them in, into the startup compared to somebody coming uh, with experience and, and you know that experience where um, you know in a corporate you you learn various things obviously you you learn to to fail you you learn how to uh, interact with um, with multiple teams etc um, then you know that that, that certainly that that uh, experience is is not uh, not invaluable. Um, so, um, so yeah, I, I would say that, um, I would, I would definitely support, um, that, you know, founders go get some, some business experience, um, for a few years, um, which would definitely help, um, them, uh, grow their startup in a more profitable, more, 
more efficient, um, more strategic way. Thank you, Sneha, for spending the last few minutes. Um, I have one last question for you. Now, one of the things you said is um, when we're talking about leadership and your style is that you've it's it's been a you, it's been years and years of learning, right? Um, what is your favorite, would I call it channel for learning? Is it podcasts? Is it newsletters? Is it events? Is it, you know, um, would I call that school or, or, or online classes? Where do you get the most? Where do you learn the most? Or what, what, what channel do you use the most to learn? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, so first of all, you know, um, I, I wish uh, I, I was the more avid reader. Um, I'm not. Um, I'm probably a bit lazy in, in that context, but, you know, when, when I do read, um, I, I do get a lot of value out of it, but, you know, given all the other things we are busy with. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I, I run a lot. Um, I run for marathons. So, you know, that's a great time for me to spend uh, to listen to to podcasts and you know, educate myself. Um, I am quite a social networker um, and I believe, you know, uh, the, the, the more you give is more, more you get. So I think by, by, you know, using my, my social uh, connections, business connections, by, by helping out uh, others, uh, that, that's one, one way that I've definitely learned. Um, and then, yeah, uh, being part of certain communities, so for the last uh, three years, I've been part of um, an organization called um, uh, YPO. Uh, YPO stands for Young Presidents Organization. Uh, it's, a, it's a global community of um, CEOs and business owners, about 30,000 of us. Um, and where, you know, they, they believe in, in lifelong learning. Um, so, you know, you, you get really access to wonderful networks, uh, but also wonderful, uh, you know, resources as well. Um, so that's sort of another avenue where I, 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 I get my learning from. I know I said that was my last question, but you mentioned you run the marathon. That is actually, actually very impressive. Um, I, I, how else do you power down? How else do you, I mean, because I know it's, 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 the world is so busy right now. And oftentimes people just forget to take a break, to rest. How else do you rest? Um, I, I love traveling. So, you know, my, my, I'm so glad that with my work, I'm able to see, you know, different parts of the world. Um, so yeah, I think traveling is something I, I enjoy as well. Um, and then a little bit of music. Um, I, have a, I have a young family, well, not, not so young, but uh, uh, with, with my teenage daughters, um, we, we do performances. Um, so I play the guitar and I, I do some vocals um, uh, with my daughters. So that's another way of winding down. Okay, now you sound way, way more impressive. You played the guitar. <laughs> Thank you, Sneha, for joining this podcast. And we really, really love talking to you. Thank you once again. Thank you for the opportunity, Wei. Yeah. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. That's all on today's episode of The Grinders Table. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at MontiorUM. That's at Montier for Miss Time French UM. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.